0: Well, it's Easter, and uh, I think we all know why we're here today. This is the annual tribal assembly of the church all across the world to talk about the resurrection. Easter is the day, in fact, on which the whole church calendar uh, is built as the resurrection is the central story of our faith. And there are all these different ways to talk about the Easter story, uh, we have four Gospels in the Bible. They all tell the story of the resurrection, but they all tell it in their own unique way there 's some things that you see in all of them that are the same, but by and large they 're kind of different angles on the story, and they retell the events in their own way and they focus on certain like themes and things that the writer wants the reader uh, to pick up on and in our gospel reading for this morning that Tana just read for us um, it invites us to think about the resurrection through the act of seeing. That the resurrection story in Matthew is about the eyes. It's about looking and seeing. This one is about seeing Jesus, and more particularly, uh, about seeing Jesus again. Matthew's version of the resurrection story is kind of a reunion story of seeing one another again sight, the eyes. This is how the story begins when Matthew says, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning. It's a beautiful phrase. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning. Now, historically, this verse is a look into how it was that Christians began to name Sunday as the day on which they would gather as Sunday was the day of the resurrection. Every Sunday of the year is a kind of mini Easter, a day that we gather together, we assemble to get reacquainted with the story of Jesus and his resurrection. Because sometimes we forget it, right? Monday through Friday or Saturday or early this morning, you were like, oh, it's Sunday. You know? uh, I work here and I forget about it during the week, okay? So hopefully you're with me on that, Anybody? You're like, how is that possible? It's very possible. (laughs) It is very possible. Um, And so it's a look into how we even began to meet on Sundays. The resurrection happened on the first day of the week, and here we are. But Matthew is also setting the scene as one that will be defined by visibility, about the ability to see, the sight, the eyes. And so we have this detail of a new day that's dawning, and light is making its way across the landscape, the dark discovering the day, as the Counting Crows sang in the song Goodnight, LA. Thank you. <laughs> From here, the whole story, if you were listening as it was read, unfolds around what everyone is looking at and what everyone is seeing. Matthew writes Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, which, by the way, Wouldn't you love to be referred to in history as the other (laughs) Mary? Mary Magdalene and her backup Mary went to, Matthew writes, to see the tomb. They went to see the tomb early in the morning. Now Matthew gives us no reason why these women went to see the tomb, except that they wanted to see it. They went to see the tomb. There's a curiosity in these women. But also, there's the very human act of wanting to be near what you've lost, even if they are buried. We do this today when we visit grave sites of our friends and loved ones and family. And we find these women doing the same thing. They went to see the tomb. Matthew just leaves it at that. In the other versions, there are reasons that they're going. But here, it's just about seeing, to be there with the eyes and present. If you read Matthew's gospel on your own, you will notice that he has a thing with the eyes. He has a thing with seeing things. And the word seeing or saw or to look is often a metaphor for Matthew around these ideas of understanding, of insight. Even the experience of what is real has to do with the eyes. Earlier in Matthew's gospel, Jesus is quoted saying, Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Truly, I tell you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see, but they did not see it, and to hear what you hear, but did not hear it. Now, Jesus isn't talking about being blind or not able to hear. He's talking about insight, of understanding, of experiencing what is real. And so perhaps these women are just trying to get their heads around what is going on. Just days earlier, they buried their friend. It's terrible. It's traumatic. And they're trying to get their head around all of this. And the scene continues to unfold with its focus on the eyes. Matthew says, the angel of the Lord appeared to the women. They see the angel. And the angel says to them in verses five and six, I know you are looking for Jesus. Who was crucified. He is not here, for he has been raised as he said. And then the angel says to them, Come, see the place where he lay. And so the angel of the Lord tells them that he, Jesus, is headed to Galilee and that they should go and see him. The angel says to them, There in Galilee, you will see him. And the best part of this story is the very next scene for me. The two Marys are on their way to Galilee. And they run into Jesus. And Jesus says, greetings. <laughs> There's some humor there, you know. Um, and maybe that's in the way I said it. But it's still kind of a funny thing to say when you've been uh, crucified, you died, and you were buried, and then there you are. Greetings. And Matthew says that the women immediately assumed the posture of worship, of reverence. They clasped his feet. Which is understandable because anyone who had been dead and then is standing in front of you and talking, well, that person wins everything, you see, all the things. It doesn't matter what the things are, they win them all because death has been defeated. And so they assume this posture of worship. They see Jesus and it overwhelms them in the moment. But notice what Jesus says to the women Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers, the disciples, to go to Galilee, there they will, can you guess, see me. This whole thing is about the eyes. It's about seeing. It starts with the sun coming up, a new day, we can see again. The women go to see the tomb. There they see an angel, and the angel says, come and see where he used to be. Oh, and go to Galilee, because there you will see Jesus. And then they see Jesus, and Jesus says, now go tell the disciples that they can come and see me as well. This whole thing is about seeing. And Jesus is arranging a meet-up with the disciples, the men. Where are they? The women are at the tomb. Where are the men? It's kind of like church, right? Where are they? Well, two chapters earlier right as Jesus is arrested in front of them, Matthew writes, then all the disciples, it says, then all the disciples deserted him and fled. Run away. They ran away. I was quoting Monty Python, but nobody got that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) All the disciples deserted him and fled. These guys have been hiding out since the arrest. They're a bit shaken. They're afraid. And there are good reasons that and there's a real sense that their faith in God and Jesus and all that they experienced with Jesus there's a real sense that all of that has been shaken as well that maybe their faith has taken a hit and Jesus says go and get them so they can see me you see one of the problems with Easter is that it's, it's too familiar Everybody knows the story. If there's two stories in the Bible that we know about, it's the Christmas story and it's the Easter story. At least if we just know the basic parts from Charlie Brown and some other after-school special. We can kind of piece it together, right? And in, the, uh, in Flannery O'Connor's uh, Christ-Haunted South, we're even more in touch with the images of Jesus and the church. It's very very familiar to us. It's just in the air, whether we want it to be or not. And as the late philosopher Dallas Willard once said, familiarity tends to breed unfamiliarity. We just see it so much that we don't see it anymore. And our closeness to the story, we are always at some risk of not seeing it at all. And I think there are times when the Jesus that we see in the scriptures is not the Jesus we see in our world. Amen? Or maybe you should do that. Read the Jesus of the scriptures and then look around and see if the Jesus represented in the world is the same one. You see, there's the Jesus who has been co-opted by politicians and their followers, a Jesus that's been turned into an agent of power, even nationalism, a Jesus who hates the other. It's not the same Jesus we see in the Gospels. There's also the Jesus that's been used by preachers and churches to sow division and unrest about who's in and who's out on the grace of God. This is a Jesus to be quite afraid of rather than drawn to. I find no example in the Gospels of people afraid to be near Jesus. He seemed to have this tractor beam of welcome. There's also the Jesus of the billboards, mostly in Florida. <laughs> Along the 75 corridors, or headed to Orlando. And this Jesus is always, um, he's always military-like. He's always flying an Apache. He's always looking for sinners to gun down. Everything's written in red. It's quite scary. There's always fire. Uh, this particular Jesus is just above the cars as you drive down that corridor. It's kind of frightening. Jesus is very interested on these billboards as to who will go to hell. On a more personal level, For each of us, there's the Jesus who sometimes seems very far away. The Jesus who hasn't answered our prayers. Who doesn't seem to be making a difference in our world. That continues to struggle to find justice and peace among people. That can be difficult for us. And to be real frank, there are also times that we don't see Jesus because we don't want to. That's a reality as well. We've all had that experience where we're going through something and there's always a relative with a giant Bible and full of bulletins. And they say, well, you know, Jesus would say, and you're like, I don't want to hear it. Have you been there? I mean, I have. I've been in hospital rooms where someone is dying and there's always that relative trying to resurrect someone. Like, They're 98. They're 98. You know, having faith is not the issue. You just need more faith. Faith. They're 98. It's been a good run. We celebrate a life. But sometimes you just don't want to see Jesus. And Jesus said, go tell the disciples, go tell those men to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. Matthew's resurrection story bends towards the experience of reunion, of reconnecting. Of stitching back together what had been separated for various reasons, torn apart. It's not just the story of a resurrected life, but also it's the resurrection of a faith. It's true. A faith had been shaken among these people that were close to Jesus. And so it's not just someone standing there who once was dead, it's also this resurrection of a relationship of knowing Jesus, of seeing Jesus again. On the Christian calendar, Easter is today. Thank you. But it is not a single day. It is a season. It's a very long season. It's 50 days. It will be hot before we are done with Easter. We hope, right? It may snow. You never know. I'm also kind of tired of the Instagram posts of the 12 seasons of Georgia You're here, now you're here. I'm like, okay, we get it. We did this 10 years ago. Okay. (laughs) It's a season of 50 days. The season of Lent, which we just finished, is only 40 days. The season of Lent is a season of repentance, of of looking deeply into the self, of suffering and struggle. But it's 10 days shorter than Easter, and I like that. The church calendar leans in the direction of life. Amen. Amen. Resurrection wins out by a week and a half. And so as we take our first steps into this season of Easter, I want all of us to embrace this season as a time of seeing Jesus. Of seeing Jesus perhaps for the first time, you know? Or maybe just seeing Jesus for the first time again. That's, we can do that too. We can reacquaint ourselves with Jesus. And so I want to invite us in this season to do that. You know, as your pastor, uh, just so you know that I know, uh, you know, every January, people roll back into the building, you know. We're like a gym, you know. Uh, But we're more like Planet Fitness here, like it's a no-judgment zone on that. (laughs) And I understand what's happening. There are those of you, and I said this to first service as well, that woke up on New Year's and went, okay, we're, gonna, we're, we're going to do this. We're going to attend church. Now, I don't think God takes attendance. That would make a weird God, you know, I don't, sort of a strange concept to me, that he's got all of his angels this morning up there taking attendance, the skating rink uh, clicker at the door, you know, writing your name down writing up truancy letters. I don't think that's happening because faith isn't something that you attend, but it is something that you attend to. And I think when there's more presence in the building at the turn of the year, I think that's at the heart of what's happening, that you're saying to yourself, I want to attend to my faith, and that is to be celebrated. But I want to encourage you to keep doing that. And as we enter this season of Easter coming off of this story of the resurrected Jesus, almost completely only interested in people seeing him, tell them to come see me. That's what I want to challenge us to do this season. Two times in this resurrection account is the phrase, do not be afraid. Did you hear that? I love that. Now part of that is, I know I was dead, so don't be afraid. But this is like the most often repeated command in the Bible. And it always happens when there's an encounter with God. And I get it. If we encounter God, it can be terrifying. But the response of God is always, I don't want you to be afraid. Get up. Just get up. Don't bow your head. You know during the Easter season, you're not supposed to kneel. Do you know that? No kneeling. Get up. Raise your head. It's all good. You're loved. Amen. It's Easter. It's a resurrected Lord. It's a resurrected life. It's a resurrected you. So stand up and raise your head and do not be afraid. And do not be afraid to attend to your faith and to see Jesus again or for the first time.